Welcome to Rich Conversations. Today we welcome Cecilia de Orbegoso to the show. She's an economist and writer who lives in London, and she's originally from Lima, Peru. This was uh, such a fun episode, for sure. We discussed some economic concepts, relationships, fashion, wine, and all sorts of things in between. I enjoyed uh, learning more about fashion especially. I I like talking fashion with people. Confidence seems to be a theme in this episode. Confidence. Loving yourself and who you are to both express yourself through your own fashion, but also to dating and relationships. His conversation was such a pleasure. You can follow Cecilia on Instagram and Facebook at Cecilia underscore day underscore Orbegoso. You can also follow this podcast on all social platforms. Subscribe on YouTube at Rich Convos on TikTok and Instagram at Rich Convos Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Feel free to message us for any topics you'd like us to explore or guests you think would be thoughtful and insightful. Now, pour yourself a glass of wine if you would like. This is a lovely episode. Let's begin. Welcome to Rich Conversations. We have another fantastic episode here. Cecilia de Orbegoso is here joining us from London. Uh, This is exciting. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So nice to speak with you, Rich. Uh, Thank you. Why (laughs) why don't you introduce yourself for listeners and viewers? Uh, well, uh, for everyone that's rich, uh, listening, rich, for, I'm sorry for my accent if it's too thick. Uh, I'm from Peru, that's why. So my mother tongue is Spanish. Uh, I'm currently living in London since the past uh, four years. I love this country. And I'm an economist with a huge background in finance. I actually made, uh, studied a master's in LSE of finance. And I love writing. I love writing about love, relationships, and the question marks, love and relationship, leave us. You know, so I think that's an like executive nice. summary of what I do. <laughs> yeah, nice. So what what brought you to London originally? Oh my gosh, I just love the city. I think, uh, well, the first time I came here as a tourist, uh, I just came and said, oh my gosh, I love the city. I was mesmerized by everything. But then I think it's the perfect mix between the all the glamorous and chicness of Paris and the cosmopolitan thing of New York. Yeah. So I find like the best match between the both of them and and nothing. And then suddenly in a point of my life, when I was a little bit tired of Lima, a friend of mine told me, why don't you come to live to London? Actually, I was trying to go to live to Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) And I know I love that city also. But, uh, and a friend told me, why don't you come and live to London? In London, because uh, there is an opening in my job, which was the Peruvian embassy promoting investments for Peru. And you come and you see and, yeah. And then I say, okay, <laughs> why not? And I applied and I got the job and I came. So it was wow. great. Very cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious about London. I haven't been there yet. I've uh, mm-hmm. been in New York and Paris. I, I feel like, I, oh, I love London. I'm a big Beatles fan and there's so much history and culture mm-hmm. and art that comes out of London. Uh, New York, well, we'll get into this later. When we talk fashion, I'm excited to okay. talk fashion. With you. Perfect. And uh, yeah, that's a that's a good description of it. Like, kind of a mix of Paris and New York. 
I like that yes. description. So what, okay, so going back to Peru real quick, what's the general vibe of Lima in Peru? Uh, gosh, it's a really cool place, actually. Uh, Peru is amazing. The food is insanely, insanely good. Drinks always, and also people are always happy. So it's a nice place to be. But uh, in my case, it's not a nice place to be single. Yeah. Okay. So I, I left the <laughs> so <laughs> just uh, like like a disclaimer. So I left Lima when I was uh, 27, 28 ish years old. Okay. And London is amazing because then you can meet a lot of people. So it's like, for example, South America is a more closed society always. Uh, more focus in, which is not wrong. Eh? It's amazing, but it was not meant for me, which is not focus in getting married, having kids, uh, a couple of steps that you perhaps don't want to take. No? Okay. You don't have to follow that path. And so in that matter, it's really hard to, in my opinion, and my personal experience, to reinvent yourself in that kind of cities. Okay. Yeah. But the vibe is amazing. If you haven't been, I really, really, really highly recommend you to go. You have it a blast. I like it. I like it. Then what's the general vibe of London then? Mm, the best thing for me, nobody cares. Uh, nobody cares who you are. Nobody cares what you do. Nobody cares anything. As long as you're true to yourself, it's amazing. You can change your postcode and then you have a new bunch of people you can meet. Um, and also what I find that everyone is really passionate about what they do because it's a really competitive city and it's really yeah. hard to live because it's hard and it's competitive and it's it's not aggressive of New York, <laughs> but it's also not easy. Uh, that everyone is successful in their own field, you no? Know? So you have a lot of people you meet that are amazing as traders, another one as writers, another one as movie producers. So you can find anything. I think in New York will be the same thing. And also uh, if you wanna walk tonight with the hair painted blue, that's amazing, good for you. So that kind of feeling is the thing I like. Nobody cares. Yeah, that's a yeah. really interesting comment. So like something I'm curious about with London, I like, I like, I can't, I stumbled across the global cities index like a couple of years ago. And it's kind of like the like rankings of world cities based on like 30 different areas of criteria. And so they have these like levels and tiers of cities. And there's two alpha plus plus cities in the world. I don't know why they have the plus plus and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but it's New York and London. And oh, gosh. so I want to learn more about London. And uh, I was just in New York in November. And mm -hmm. that's something that really struck me. That was probably like the eighth time I've been to New York. But what struck me is just how like no one cares about like it's, it's just, you can just be whoever you want and like no one, no one cares. I know and that, yeah. People wear what they want. People are who they are. So it's interesting to see that like London kind of has that same vibe. I feel it a lot here actually, but the thing is like the perception I have in New York, uh, I haven't been there just a couple of times, not as many as you, but it's, I think it's a city, beautiful, 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 completely trendy. Everything's amazing, but I can find it a little bit, aggressive for living not for visiting so here in london what i find perhaps according to my personality how i feel comfortable is like i think people here are so polite so nice you can walk in the street and you have this feeling that nobody's going to assault you 
nobody's going to rob you. Uh-huh. Uh, no, uh, yes, it happened to me. I left my phone once in a tube in, in a metro. How do you say it? in a underground? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the train, the subway. Uh, yeah. yeah, the train. That was sorry, here is a tube and. Somebody called me and said, I have your phone. Do you need it back? So that kind of things. Um, I feel like safe living here, you know? Yeah. Something I like that. that. But also the feeling that nobody cares. Oh my gosh, it's so refreshing. So it's nice. Interesting. Uh okay. So you're you're in you're big interested in economics, uh, finance, things like that. What is what are three basic concepts that everyone should know? Gosh, three basic concepts. Okay. Uh, the first of us, the first of all, but I'm going to relate them to my, well, what I write, which is about uh, relationships and um, self-love is like, is that since we start living, we start dying. I don't know if it's properly said. So you need to consider that you have an opportunity cost. So you need to decide if, I'm going to put it completely in the context of relationship. If you're in a situation where you're not happy, you need to acknowledge that it's costing you time and effort and energy that you can yeah. be easily uh, using it for something for yourself. Not for someone else, but at least for yourself. So in a different thing that gives you more profit and more value. So you're saying you know? that by being objective that death is inevitable eventually, we have limited time and so you better you better use that time especially if you're trying to pursue a relationship time is valuable but i mean it's like i think using the example of the relationship is a really relatable thing for most everyone you yeah. know because then everyone wants to be with someone so uh if you ask me about the death and the living it's like there is for a fact and i cannot i think Nobody can say no. That's wrong. Since you start, since your first breath is yeah. also one of your one less breath you will have in your life. Right. So it's a trade-off, you know, between what you give for what you get. Yeah. So uh, if you ask me about the economy and that, I will put in the place like, okay, if you you have your time and your time is like, is it has you don't have endless time. You have a little bit of time. Right. So and a little bit of energy. So. Just decide how you use it. And then also there's another concept important, which is utility curve. So sometimes you have a lot of pain for a little bit of gain. Well, Wait, say that again? Utility curve? Utility curve, yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't know the, the concept officially because I haven't been studying this in years since I was in undergrad school. Um, Philip curve could be something like that, which is like the concept is something that you have utility and then you have uh, something with cost. I don't remember. So the, the, the relationship we move between a curve like this, this okay, uh, the slope is, oh my gosh, I don't know how to say it in English. I'm completely sorry. <laughs> um, but I think it's like you need to, to acknowledge that sometimes you're paying a lot for something that's not going to reward you what you think you need. So perhaps it should uh, interiorize what are you giving for what are you getting in terms of emotions that's what i try okay. to write about and then the other thing i was thinking because i told you opportunity cost uh utility cost and then also there is no such thing as a free meal that's the basic thing of economy <laughs> <laughs> so i don't i don't try to say that everyone has an agenda but i think you should have an agenda for yourself in terms of your self-love no so don't try to jeopardize 
the um, concept you have of yourself just because to please someone else. Yeah, I don't know if it makes sense. <laughs> there is something lost in translation. Huh? Be? <laughs> <laughs> Those are three great ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know, the translation is helping. <laughs> no, it's, I, much I, I, I get it. Yeah. Do you have any do you have any more? Any what? Do you have any more concepts off the top of your head that you can reply to relationships? Uh, gosh. Um I use a lot of um analogies of investments. Um for example, what yeah, for example, what is my deal breaker? Am I a risk adverse or a, or a risk lover? No, when I invest in someone, for example, when you start dating with someone, it's like it's the same like going to the stock exchange, you know, you can have an amazing day and, and lovely trading day where you have a lot of earnings and then you can have a horrible one, you know, mm. then no, suddenly no analyst could uh, procrastinate. <laughs> so um, that's more related to, to investment. But I think those three ones I told you before are going to be my main three because there was a need to think a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, basically like that is just focus that um, nothing is free. Nothing, nothing is free. Nothing is free. What's the dating culture like in London? Oh, there's a lot of dating apps. Lots. Uh, well, basically, uh, personally, I've never used uh, Tinder, but I hear okay. a lot of friends would have. Um, I use uh, Hinge, could be. I don't know if in the States it's really popular. Yeah, Hinge is, is available, yeah. Uh, and there is another one, uh, Bumble, that I think my friends use a lot in Peru and in Spain. Like in Madrid, okay. Bumble is like completely um, trendy. I don't know the word. Yeah. Uh, but it, the dating, I don't know. I think just people just want to see what's out. It's like supply and demand. Just yeah. see what's out. <laughs> Where do you fit? And if you don't fit, then you swipe and go next. See, I, I hear uh, dating in New York is hard because mm-hmm. it's like, it's ultra competitive. It's ultra like there's so many people. There's so many options. Is it like that in London? Yeah, yeah there are a lot of options. Obviously, and here we have 10 million people living, yeah. but it depends on expectations. You know, so what do you expect to get? What do you so, want? Right? Yeah. Exactly. If you want nothing, like you just want to have a nice time, like a nice date, amazing. If you just want to have a relationship out of a date, gosh, you're obviously going to be crushed every time you go out. <laughs> No, yeah. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> what do you What do you think about dating apps? I've used them before. I'm now like, I'm not going to use them. I think it's. Uh, I think they are great. To be honest, I, according to my personality, I, I think I'm more successful face to face, because I'm the worst texter in the world. I never reply a uh, message. I never reply. I, I'm really bad. I don't know how to use technology. And to be honest, I don't like the text. I hate it. Yeah. But face-to-face, I think I'm really good. That's why I think. <laughs> that's my ego talking. But I have many friends that have told me that for them, uh, dating apps are amazing because they struggle a lot with the dating. What, but sorry, with the face-to-face. If we go to a bar, to a restaurant, and somebody, they cannot approach someone. And mm-hmm. if they're approached, they don't know how to talk. So the the texting is, a, is like two, three, four steps that gets them a little bit more intimate with someone and then okay. they can be their self. Yeah, Interesting. See, something I, I don't like about the dating apps is you can't tell a person's body language from it. Mm, yeah, well, yeah. you're right. 
you need to go with the flow you just need to try and see yeah oh that's so interesting um okay i have this other question for you you from from your photos and what i've known of you it seems like you're a very fashionable person I thank you <laughs> so <laughs> i'm curious do you yeah. think fashion is power well me yes but also what i think is more powerful than fashion is confidence okay because you can wear whatever you want for example if you just see a, a show i adore which is the sex and the city if you see the outfits of carrie like people here are going to kill me but sometimes they're like what but if you were like confidently it's like this is me hey yeah. no here i am hello <laughs> that's a different thing i think you can be wearing <clears throat> as long as it's polished and clean and you don't have like uh i don't know a hole in the, in the jacket something like that i don't know how to say it in english actually but everything is polished yeah and you're completely with a nice attitude and completely self-conscious of yourself like with a lot of self-esteem that's the best fashion advice so you think if you have confidence can you wear anything completely 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 yes 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 this is this is something i'm curious about because i don't think this is something that strikes me when i go to new york mm -hmm. uh i don't personally i don't think the fashion is very good however i notice that like everybody's confident and that's what's really striking to me yeah i think it's the same because that's, i think it's also linked to this statement we said before like nobody cares here what are you wearing yeah and it's because you feel so true to yourself that you think what i think is like hey this person really believes that baggy pants and uh, green hair it's okay so good for her good <laughs> for him go ahead bravo go sister but if so also the, the, what I mean is like, you need to have this self-esteem and the, the confidence that you're wearing what is true to yourself. And also that it fits properly. Obviously that's a, also a big faux pas of fashion when things that doesn't fit. For me, that's the worst thing. Okay. When you're wearing a size that's not your size. So something is unpolished that you can see the, um, the hem is not well done. That kind of thing, the, the shoes are not clean. That kind of thing, okay. for men, that kills me. But as long as you're happy and you are really confident that what you picked is a nice thing that represents you, all goes. Everything is okay. Okay. So self-confidence. How does one, uh, we're, we're kind of steering into relationships here and potentially pursuing relationships. How does one become more self-confident in themselves? Oh, that's, oh my gosh, if I had an answer, I would be winning the novel now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that, I think that's a hard work because we have insecurities. Each, everyone's, every single person has a lot of insecurities. My insecurities are not the same as your insecurities and every, my neighbor insecurities. But it's a hard work. And there's a lot of uh, suffering and like learning, learning episodes with other people. And then you have episodes like, you had a relationship with a friend with a boyfriend it has to be it has not has to be sorry for the english um a love relationship it comes to be like a friendship one and then you have lessons and life just show you that what my mom says for example which is a phrase that i adore in times of crisis there are two kind of people the people that sells the um the how do you say when you cry and you um the handkerchiefs uh 
when you cry and you need to, to clean your tears, you have wipe your tears. Wipe your tears. You uh. Handkerchief? No. Yeah, handkerchief. Uh, and, the, and the one that the one that use them, so you can see in which side of the of the of the pie you want to be. So either you're an optimist and a person that fights, or either you are a person that's like a victim. So I was I was telling you like we forgot <laughs> about um, life. Is like you sometimes have a lessons and you just need to learn and have and take the best of it and go ahead and keep going. But we so, were talking about something else. <laughs> I completely forgot. <laughs> so with with that, you can build and grow your self confidence is through these yeah, lessons but, and choosing to uh, learn from them and grow from them, right? But it's not easy because you have a lot of insecurities. So it's also important, you make, I think, to have a nice a network of friends, which are completely uh, reassuring to you and. You need to pick like the best elements. For example, when you have a detox of uh, a people that drink, a person that drinks a lot, uh, just in case, just to put an example and an analogy, uh, he should try not to be with people that are going to induce him to drink more or her. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's the same when you're feeling insecure. You cannot be with people that are inducing you to feel you more insecure. You can be with people that reassure you your value and everything. So also, I, just, I think I write a lot. You need to have a little bit of detox of the elements outside your own okay. self that will make you stronger. But do you it's find, a personal thing and it's a hard thing. And it's, <laughs> it's a learning do you, lesson. Do you find that uh, writing helps you kind of, like you said, detox? Yeah, of course. Nowadays, that I write about a lot of um, more funny things and more like relationship things on the surface. And it's just like... Uh, this is a funny thing, but when I started, yes, it helped me uh, canalize my pain because I was sad at the time when I started. So I was listening all the stories and also my personal ones, and I was putting it on paper and it was really, really nice. And it flowed. So I'm convinced that the most in pain you are, the most creative you are. Really? Personal belief. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, uh, a lot of great works have have been uh, created through enduring pain, it seems like. <laughs> okay, but then what about this? Like, if, if someone is in love, do you think it's then possible for them to do even greater work? Yes, because love is what makes the earth spin. <laughs> That's what I heard. What did you say? Uh, the earth uh, spin, I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the Spanish, it sounds amazing. <laughs> As I told you, I'm way more clever in Spanish. Um, yes, I think so. Obviously, if you hear every song in the world, based almost, they are about love. Sometimes hard or, work. Yeah, or, or like, yeah, <laughs> pain from love. Mostly pain, mostly pain, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's something I'm curious about. Like if, if a lot of great works and a lot of great writing or whatever create creativity can come from pain, like what about love? Is love like this fantastical drug where you can like do your absolute best at everything or what? I don't know. I, I don't know what to say because there's say that people think that there is no love without suffer but I don't think it's true. The thing is like, I think there are two kinds of love. First, 
yourself. Okay. And then when you really love yourself, then you have a lot of love to give to everyone else. And then there's no need to suffer. Wait, this is like Dalai Lama talking. So it's impossible to have like <laughs> me. I'm not in that level. Yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying that. That's the ideal situation. Okay. You, you started uh, mentioning this earlier, but what are the do's and don'ts of fashion? Oh, well, I told you before, I do completely, um, um, if I'm trying to be more deep and all the stuff, I will say something like, yeah, completely be confident. But also do is to know your body. Yeah. Okay. For example, if I'm talking about a girl, yeah, which is, is easier for me, uh, know your body, know your style, and then you can see what things fit and don't, because you don't need to follow every fashion trend. You just need to follow what is, uh, Fitable, I don't know if it's a word for you. Yeah. And then a thing I recommend my friends a lot is try to um, set an eye in a not influencer, but for example, in a woman you consider relatable mm-hmm. um, in terms of look, in terms of style, and try to follow everything what she's wearing. What I mean is like, for example, if you like, um, I like, for example, a lot um, Monica Bellucci. For when I when I, when I say want to see my hair, my makeup. So I who do you follow? You said I, I love, for example, this Italian girl Monica Bellucci. Yeah. So I try to see what is wearing. No, not what I'm wearing. What is she? Uh, her face makeup, us, her hair is trans. So, and then it's another girl from um, from Peru also that she was always telling me what should I wear and say so like, okay, you remind me, your style is more like uh, Victoria Beckham. So just follow her and see what is her new haircut, what's her makeup trends. So just pick one that is relatable to you, that you feel you can fit, and try to follow. If you don't know how to do it yourself, you have an easy pattern. (laughs) She's posting her old self, her own closet, her everything in an Instagram account, so it's easy. No, so that's, yeah, so I think you need to first define uh, how do you want to look, and then Mm. how it's possible for you, because... Um, in my case, for example, I don't see myself as Victoria Beckham, but, but, but my friend was like more likely. So it depends, no? And, and also, and try to follow that. And the don'ts, uh, oh my gosh, as I told you, a clothes that doesn't fit, just follow a trend, just to follow, no? I don't see myself with uh, hoodies. I never had a hoodie. That's my master. Yeah, you don't see like a hoodie, hoodie kind of gal. <laughs> zero, zero, zero. And it was really fun because when I received it, I was at LSC studying a master here in London. And I remember the girl from the, the class coordinator, whenever she's give me a hoodie and I told her like really naive from, from my bar, like, oh, yes, this is amazing. Thank you so much. It's my first hoodie ever. And then she looked at me, she told me, I didn't know Peru was so hot. Uh, no 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 it's not a it's not a weather yeah, thing yeah. <laughs> it's not like hoodies <laughs> no? so I thought she, she thought like there are no hoodies in Peru because it's so hot <laughs> you're all naked in the Andes I don't know <laughs> <laughs> but no um, well that's another thing uh, uh, follow a trend that you think you will uh, fit and also buy clothes that you will fit you know? Yeah. And then also important, important, important. I see a lot. It's a big one, I, I can tell. Go with your age. What I mean is like, you can see, for example, me in, in my own closet, there are a few uh, things pre-pandemic that I used to go for clubbing that today I would say, no way. I will never wear these again because I feel like I'm more in my 30s more than in my 20s. Mm. 
So I would rather go for a midi skirt instead of a mini skirt. Like, you know, it's kind of things yeah. like, it's not because I'm, I think I'm getting older, which I am, and I'm really proud of it. But it's because I think like, I will look so much better. I can use a little bit more advantage of my age with a different style that I would yeah. do with a previous one. Okay. So, so it's like an age gracefully. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Any other don'ts? I have a few questions after if you have oh. any more. I don't know. You tell me, tell me. Okay. What do you think about uh, like logos? In brands. Yeah. Brands. Uh, wearing wearing logos that are seen. Yeah. First of all, if they're if they are fake, it's a no, 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 no. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah, um, but I can't I couldn't tell what is fake and what is real. It depends on the eye. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then um, it depends because there are, for example, looking at some, as I don't wear hoodies on, on track suits, and I usually see the logomania in this kind of clothes. Uh, so I, I don't mind. But in handbags, sometimes there are some of the, the design is so much fun. And they have the, you know, the Prada, Prada thing. And okay. sometimes it's okay. But it, was, it depends on the person, I think. Because you have this, like, uh, I don't know if it's the same word in English, sober, sobria. Which is like yeah. not too tacky, not too flashy. I don't know if it's in English the same person. And then you wear like a bag which has a logo, but it's like part of an outfit. And it's uh, okay. But sometimes okay. you can see people that it's everything. It's like they had went to the store and literally grabbed the logo and put it in their hair and yeah. no, 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 too much. Yeah. I think it depends. Okay. What do you think about um as far as like trends, like I, I notice a lot of young people literally just wear whatever is like trendy and there's like no like self-awareness at all. It's just like, it's, I don't know. It's, it's just like people just buy what's trendy, but what's trendy now is different than what's trendy five years ago or what will be trendy in five years from now. So like, there's like no consciousness about how people are dressing yeah there's there, but there's a lot of influence also about uh social media you know you can see a lot of okay. this and also you can see this anxiety of these girls are wearing these so want it also uh but in my case for example i love to buy vintage stuff or high quality things okay. and they last forever you cannot imagine the amount of things i have here in london of my mom when she was 25 really no. so it's amazing and they're like nice things nice quality pieces and they don't age <laughs> like me yeah. i'm kidding uh but yeah no i think there's a lot of uh, um influence about social media that make the impulse of young people to buy whatever is trendy yeah. but it's i think it's just a way to define what they like and their own style and then they will find it I expression <laughs> would you say like uh how would you define the purpose of fashion i think it's a way of self-expression that involves yeah. a lot of art design architecture movement there's a lot of arts involved in fashion because also you live your life in it yeah. uh but it is a way to say who you are without saying a word yeah yeah that's and a great way to put it certain aspects of your personality yeah no so what, something I'm curious about is like, 
Well, I guess this question is kind of irrelevant now because it's based on who you follow and what you want to look like per se. But what do fashionable men, in your opinion, wear in London? Uh, high quality pieces, of course. Uh, I love, for example, a nice turtleneck cashmere sweater a nice coat, completely um, well-groomed. Oh, well-groomed is so important. Um, really clean. Um, la, the word is a loafer. We say in Spanish, mocasines, uh, which is not like a loafer, it's not like a trainer. But what I mean is that you can see easily when a, when a guy is well-groomed, everything is perfectly done. Um, they have woke up and everything is tidy. I don't know, they smell like a... A drying machine. <laughs> you have this feeling like everything is clean and polished. Uh, also, for me, for example, the hands are really important. No hands, really? Yeah. How yeah. so? Uh, obviously, not the size of the hand, but the, the nails that they're completely um, nice cut, not beaten. Beaten is the word. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, that's really important. Yeah. And a man and a girl. Huh? Yeah. Why? Why is that? I had I had one guy recently mm-hmm. tell me that he he really looks at women's fingernails because it says a lot uh, in my case for example I, there is a say like if you don't wear earrings you can feel like naked in girls in my case if i find my uh, if i have my nails unpolished then i feel naked i have this complex that i want to show my hands really and i don't know why but i feel like if you have not take a shower <laughs> something like that really what do you, what not do your hands look like now Ah, well, they're a little glittery, so festive. Is that blue? <laughs> no, Christmassy. It's like a black with a lot of glitter. Okay. Now, in two days, I'm going to get bored. So I'm going to change it. How often do you uh, like style your nails? Once a week. Once a week. Okay. Yeah. And they last a week or like, I have no idea. It depends. It depends. If I'm using my hands a lot, I don't know. Uh, I, I play the piano a lot. So sometimes it's like hard. Okay. Uh, and also, I don't know. It depends also my mood. No, but okay. if I'm in the street and once uh, for something one breaks, it's like, oh my gosh, no, I tried to hide my fingers. <laughs> do you have, okay, do you have like fake nails? Do you add fake nails or no? No, I don't have fake nails. What I do is I, I put a cover of acrylic in the hairdresser because my nails are really weak. So they, um, like an onion, they have a, a capes, could be. So okay. when a cape gets removed, it gets removed with the animal, with the color. So then you have a horrible result. So with this this little layer, that's a word, layer. layer. Of, yeah, that is like long, last longer. Yeah. Interesting. So it's thicker. A woman what? stuff, capex or capex is really. <laughs> well, okay, why do women wear uh, fake nails? I don't know, I don't like them. Uh, I don't like them and I don't like uh, fake lashes. Gosh, I hate fake lashes with my whole life <laughs> so yeah i could see that i don't like fake eyelashes either but nice eyelashes it make the eyes pop a little bit more too i don't know that's a, a different thing of nice beautiful eyelashes completely curl with a lot of mascara that's a beautiful thing but those black stuff that look like a couple of fans <laughs> <laughs> that kills me and i see here in london a lot of them okay what, yeah. what do you think about uh what kind of accessories can men wear Oh man, uh, will look scarves, good. gloves. Okay. See, look um, at this. See, people. No, okay, okay. I nailed it. <laughs> scarf game. Yeah. Uh, in winter, gloves. 
in summer, uh, a beautiful linen shirt with some nice uh, alpargatas, padril or, or leather. Um, I don't know how to say the words in English. I'm so sorry. I know all the vocabulary in Spanish for fashion wear. Um, some nice eyeglasses, uh, sunglasses. And in winter, just a polished, clean coat, a nice scarf, a beautiful turtleneck, cashmere one. That's amazing. That's okay. Yeah. What about shoes? Ah, oh, shoes are so important. And it's so hard because sometimes I see people that try to, for example, I had this friend that was showing me, I don't want to say his name because he was going to kill me, but he was showing me these shoes he had. And they were like these horrible purple shoes. And I was like, no, they're horrible. Nobody wears these. <laughs> and I thought, for you, man, it's so easy. You just need three, four pairs, like uh, formal ones, black, brown, more brown. Don't don't go for the blue weird thing, the purple ones, the cowboy. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> the same brand and buy four, and that's it. And you have two years of shoes without without bothering. Nice, nice. Well, switching gears a bit, but also in kind of the same direction. What's your favorite drink? Ah, depends. Oh, you're asking me a hard question now. Huh? Um, I love everything. I I don't like uh, sweet cocktails too much, so I think my okay. favorite one. If More I'm spirit house, forward. Spirit forward. Well, as I'm a Peruvian, I would say that pisco salad is one of my favorite things in the world. Uh, okay. I'm always drinking pisco, but my favorite cocktails, I would say, it is a dry gin martini very dirty uh, okay. i love cosmopolitans i love negronis uh moscow mules and i love having wine when i'm writing okay what yeah. kind of wine um red at night uh white in the morning but i don't like at all uh, sweet ones really uh, okay sweet ones uh, how do you how do you decide to buy wine? Uh, it depends. Uh, if I'm, I don't know. To be honest, I'm. I'm it's it's weird because I love drinking it, but I'm not I'm not picky. Uh, I just pick if I'm asking for a delivery of a grocery or like a supermarket. I just pick um, a mainstream, like not a mainstream, like in the middle range. Uh, if I go for a red one, I like already some. Uh, I don't know, French. Um, if I go like Cabernet Sauvignon, I will try to pick something from South America because in Chile they have nice ones or in California. Okay. And then if I go for white, in Italian or, or Albariño, which is from Spain, it's also fresh, summery. Okay. Yeah. With Rosés, I'm really careful because even though I love them, when I order them online, sometimes they bring me uh, pink, um, sweet ones. So uh, that's a no-no for me. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's a no-no, yeah. Hold on. Can I share with you how I buy wine? Let me grab some yes. wine real quick. Okay. Hello. Okay, I'm not afraid to admit this. I, I like red wine and I'm getting more into yeah. red wine, but how I buy wine is I literally look at the labels, the labels and where they're from. So okay, that's I look for, uh, I try to imagine like another country and like what, 
you know, I want to drink oh, uh, Bordeaux because it's, you know, France. And that's what mm -hmm. I drank when I was in Paris, mainly. Um, this one is from France as well. And I try to get like South American ones. I try to do ones outside my own country because then it's more okay. imaginative to me. Yeah. But then the labels, I try to find the most like regal looking labels. <laughs> Yeah. Like the most simple and like elegance. That's well, literally that's how one. I buy wine. I have I don't look at the ratings or anything. Because you don't want to buy a, a, a wine that has a cartoon in the label. Yeah. Well, now we or are like home. it's all busy and like I it's not my style. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I try to like minimal regal designs. Well, in my case, I have now like an apple open. That oh, I nice. <laughs> nice. Okay, switching gears again. Uh, we don't have too much time left. So this is a question I love asking people. What are you curious about recently? Oh, uh, okay. I think that um, it's a question mark for me is the dynamic in uh, relationship. What I mean, not um, girlfriend, boyfriend. I mean, like, how people are going to interrelate themselves when this pandemic is over, when we are completely okay. back to normal. Because mm. a lot of things have changed, even the, how you date, how you go yeah. out, um, how you book in a restaurant, something like all these dynamics that we used to have uh, granted before. And then basically we're coming to an end, like all these restrictions. But then again, I can see like we are in a complete lockdown. I'm completely sure I can put my hands that on my next Monday, London is going to get a new lockdown. The last, I hope, because this week all the restaurants have been closed. And then most of my friends were canceling on dinner parties because they had COVID. So many people had COVID. Oh, yeah. So that's a thing that um, I'm curious to be about. What what has What is the impact that this two years of solitude has mm -hmm. had cows in the single guys, girls also, the single people, was the new uh, manual or guide for the single ones after pandemic, the pandemic kind of interrelationship. What what would be your guess as to what happens? Uh, uh, for example, when the restrictions start to ease a little bit, you can see something like people were thinking like we just passed the apocalypse so we need to go and mingle really quickly and we need to commit really quickly because i don't know what's going to happen in the next months so yeah. you can see a lot of people uh promising you the world yes i like you let's going to have dinner tomorrow my parents are coming next week i wanted to meet them. and then suddenly out of the blue as it's an overwhelming thing they are uh, ghosting so there was a lot of ghosting and there okay. was a lot of uh, apocalypsing. I don't know the words apocalypsing, but yeah, uh, there was like a what, what did you say? Calypsing, Ap apocalypsing, like apocalypto. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're like, yeah, the world is ending, we should get together, let's fall in love, let's, yeah. And then it's like, no, 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 I'm getting attached to you too quickly, <laughs> I better disappear for a while. And then, <laughs> as, it, as I always say, like, every man, appear, I say man because the woman, every man appears replying a post on instagram and it usually happens because men that goes without being kicked away he comes without being invited so it mm. usually happens it's a rule it's a really nice rule interesting yeah don't you think with women, but with many does yeah okay so we're all in this time of solitude wouldn't you think that it would give people time to like get 
to know themselves a little bit more and understand <laughs> what they want. Uh, You're shaking your head. Well, no, that's a theory. It should happen. You should right? be too. Yeah. You should embrace yourself and say, okay, if I'm here alone. I should understand. I should understand how do I feel. No, I don't think that's 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 a practice. I think that's a theory. No. A theory that can be practiced, though, if uh, one chooses to. Yeah, but I don't know if the practice makes the master here. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> In this case. Um, no, so. <laughs> what's something that excites you over the next two years? Uh, writing. Uh, what excites me is um, publishing my second book, perhaps a third one next year. So I'm looking forward to having a few months of a lot of solitude and writing. Yeah. What, <laughs> what will these ones be about? Uh, the second one that I'm almost, I have it almost done. It's about it, it's four seasons. Uh, it reminds me a lot of the structure of the Gilmore Girls um, reunion and something like that. There was a TV show, you know, the Gilmore Girls, but the a year ahead, something like that, because it's about four seasons in the pandemic. In my case, it's in the pandemic. So I have like six characters, characters, which are, which are me, my best friends, and we go through all our emotions and anxiety because in this year, I see a lot of job-related questions. Here in London, for example, was just a city that had 10 million people, and then suddenly 7K, 700,000, really bad with the numbers, with the explaining the numbers, the, uh, went back to their homes because of Brexit and because of COVID, just in London. Yeah. So you can see like it's a place where people are here for a while, like for a second, and then the next year they can be back in France, Germany, Spain, wherever they live and they're from. So there were a lot of question marks. Should I stay here? What is my purpose in the city? Should I go? What's my purpose in life? So there was a lot of questioning and then meeting people and then the apocalypse is because when you suffer is because you had unmet expectations another economy mm. <laughs> so, so, you know, so for example you're expecting someone something from someone and then the other person is expecting a different thing so when these are not met oh anxiety comes alone so i think it's the year of anxiety so i've talked a lot about anxiety there you kind of said something profound there like so you think suffering <laughs> is caused by unmet expectations of course, because you put on a pedestal uh, the idea of a person you're meeting. And perhaps the person is a disaster, but you think he's a hero. hero. And I'm yeah. sorry if I say he is because I'm talking about myself as a girl, sure. as a, like a, a editor girl. But what I mean is, or a guy can say like she in a pedestal, but if you just put in, the, the person is perfect and it has zero flows. And then you start rationalizing all the red flags because you think it's perfect. And at the end, it's horrible, and it's not, and it's a disaster, and it's not good for you, but you just think it's good for you. So you yeah. think you like it, and you think it's perfect, and it's going to work out, and then you can change the little things, and it's impossible to change someone. It's easier to change the person to a different one. Yeah. Go to the next one. <laughs> That's easier. Okay, I have one last question. I know you got to get out of here pretty soon. What? So what exactly is your writing process like? Uh, depends. On my feelings, <laughs> I'm joking. Okay. Yeah, but for example, for my for my book, I was lucky because I was working hand to hand with a coach. That the coach was kind of a discipline for me. So he was telling me every Monday, like, okay, you need to send me your new chapter. What? Why have you write this? What's the purpose around here? And then if I there was a week that I told him like, oh my gosh, this week I didn't prepare anything. Uh, are you losing interest? <gasps> so then I feel guilty, and I was like writing, writing, writing. <laughs> but nowadays, uh, as I have two columns, so. To be honest, 
Monday, Tuesday, I started thinking like, okay, I need to think what I'm going to write about this week. And the words come easily. Sometimes the hardest thing is to define the concept or the theme about the week column. Okay. So I try to be out a lot so I can have a lot of stories and I'm asking always, I'm the annoying person, the obnoxious one asking like, how's your love life? (laughs) So you you feel by going out, you can gain stories then to help you writing. Yeah, of course. For sure. I'm also asking, and I asked him, hey, tell me about your love life. What's the latest, uh, I don't know, heartbreak you have had? Or tell me about your, are you using apps? How do you find it? So I try to grab information and then basically I write about a lot myself, but with different names. Uh, but yes, I do. I going out, talking to people. Then also I have a lot of friends and, and people I know that they just text me and say, I have a new gossip for you. So Ooh, you some information. Call. Yes. That's helpful as a writer. Completely. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love it. <laughs> and I feel validated also. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Where, where can people uh, learn more about you and read, read your writing? Um, well, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook, but where I, I always share, uh, share <laughs> sorry, my, link, my um, links of my two columns. You can find my book, uh, the, which name is Fabulous Urbana, but just in Spanish in Amazon worldwide. Uh, then I'm right for the magazine courses with we're Peruvian uh, newspaper and a Peruvian magazine, the Hello Magazine of Peru. But I think if you just follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you're right. You're okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming out. <laughs> thank this you. has been so lovely to fantastic. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Rich Conversations. Again, you can follow Cecilia on Instagram and Facebook at Cecilia underscore day underscore Orbegoso. Take some time for yourself, reflect, and think how you can improve your beautiful life. We're excited to see what you do to express yourself.